Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own that motherfucker. Figure it out, this shit is simple. My stock been going up like a crescendo. Welcome back to another episode of Champions of the West. I think episode seven. Again, I still don't know how we haven't gotten kicked off the air, but uh, you know, we keep recording another one. Uh, this is a, a big one for us. Uh, once every four years, we get the World Cup. Uh, obviously, we are a Michigan podcast, but for the World Cup, we got to give the people what they want. We got to give them a full preview. Uh, so with that, we'll start with Sean. Uh, Sean, now that you've done a little bit more homework, uh, who, do you, who you can be rooting for this time around? So the teams that I'm going to be rooting for, what I did is I looked at probability to win and bars that are going to be well populated with those those teams. So given the fact that I'm in Chicago, I am going to be rooting for Poland. Wow. Um, we got a lot of Poles in, in Chicago. I, I think like that, that they are a dark horse team. Like that, I got some... <laughs> hey. Hey, that's what I, I, it's a little cultural appropriation. Nick. I hope so. Nothing I, wrong with that. Oh, I hope so. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. And second, my second team, I got to I know it's uh, kind of the, the cheesy answer, but Germany, I think that they're going to do what it takes to win a record-breaking third straight World Cup. Wow. So those are my, uh, my teams I'm rooting for. And so far, so good. I feel like I'm a kid who kind of crammed for a test. First page of the test. Going, going all right. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, the test, the test doesn't start until Thursday. So, but we'll see how you do tonight. Uh, and Nikki, who, uh, who do you like? Kind of, who, who do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll start off by saying, you, you know, the even, the even year summers are obviously the best because you get World Cup or Euro Cup. It's true. And, you know, sports now are over until college football. Like, yeah. So this is, you know, a special treat to be able to have this in the summer and for us to talk about it yeah, too. Exactly. For sure. Um. You know, I'm I'm high on Belgium. Yeah, they they had kind of have an easy way to get to the quarterfinals, and that's where their test starts. So it's almost like tune-up games until then. Um, I just really like the way they they're a hugely attacking-minded team um, with solid defenders as well. So I'm high on them. And then, I mean, I don't know. It's it's always fun to root for a couple upsets and a couple underdogs for sure. Um, so with that, yeah, we're kind of gonna go group by group. Um, obviously the, the bigger teams and the teams that have a better chance to win, we're going to put more of a focus and emphasis on. Um, but I did want to go through and ask you guys kind of group by group, who do you think is going to win a group? Who do you think is going to finish in second? Um, and we'll kind of just go and and kick it off from there. Uh, so starting with group a, uh, Putin's group, Russia, the hosts, um, (laughs) Russia has not had, uh, the most success in major tournaments, um, they don't have a ton of stars. The majority of their players play domestically in Russia. Um, their biggest and probably most well-known player is their goalie, Igor Akinfeyev. He is known for making a huge blunder either the 2010 or the 2014 World Cup. He had an easy shot, uh, like a Lurius Carrius shot for Liverpool, and he totally whiffed on it, and it went in the back of the net. Um, I, I don't think Russia is particularly good. It would be interesting to see how they do. Um, the other team, I, we called it, I called it the oil group last time. I think I'm sticking with that, is Saudi Arabia. Um, I did a little bit of research on Saudi Arabia, and I couldn't really come up with much, except their star player is Mohammed Al-Salawi. He had 16 goals in Asian qualifying, which is a lot of goals. Um, 
The third team is Egypt. Um, they have two guys that uh, I think will be particularly fascinating to watch and track. One is Mohamed Salah, who is the star Liverpool forward, who's taken the world completely over by storm. And the second is 45-year-old goalkeeper Assam El-Hadari. Um, I think he's the oldest goalkeeper to ever play in the World Cup. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, and the last team is Uruguay. They are led by two of the best strikers in the entire world. One is Edison Cavani, who was on a scoring tear this season for Paris Saint-Germain in the French League. And the other is, um, is Luis Suarez, who was an absolute beast for Barcelona. Um, they also have a really great defender in Diego Rodin, who plays for Atletico Madrid. And they have a veteran goalkeeper in Fernando Muslera. So with that, Nick... Give me a little breakdown of what you think about Group yeah, A, how I you mean, think it's going to shake out, and and what we can expect. I think this will go pretty uh, pretty stock in terms of how it's going to come out. I think Uruguay is one of the should be one of the favorites, sure, and kind of our dark horse for me to win this whole thing. Yeah, um, just because they do have two of the best strikers in the world, and that's really hard to compete with. Um, so I think they'll get out pretty easily and win the group, and then I think Egypt, as long as Sal is healthy. Um, they they kind of have the leading edge to get get the second spot out of that group. I, I Russia is very weak, and so is Saudi Arabia. So For that, sure, that should go pretty easily. And Salah was cleared. Um, I think he announced on either his Instagram or his Twitter that he's completely healthy and fit for the World Cup. Um, he is the guy for Egypt. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of how they do and how they play around him. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I think that Uruguay is one of the stronger teams in the field as a whole, not just in the group. So see them getting through unscathed. Then it then it goes to Russia versus Egypt. I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, home teams always seem to play up. Russia is also seems to be affiliated with a lot of state sponsored doping. So not yeah. sure how that affects soccer games. If they win it all, um, but to be completely honest, right? I mean, if yeah. I were if I were Putin, I'd do everything I can to survive. Uh, Salah is definitely cleared to play, but the concern is any lingering injuries. I saw rumors of him not playing the first game, but that may be cleared. Not sure. Then having a 45-year-old guy uh, in goal. Yeah, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but those dudes seem like some of the more athletic folks on the pitch. And a 45-year-old's legs are just nothing compared to a 25-year-old's legs or a 30-year-old's legs even. So he can, yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll see how he is. Um, I personally have Egypt in my bracket to advance, but I would not be surprised if we see Russia squeak it out as a home team. Uh, so that's the game to look for. So we're going to make you go out on a limb. I'll, I'll go first. I have Uruguay finishing first in the group and Egypt finishing second. I think Salah is the difference. I think he'll have two or three goals in qualifying. Um, I could see Russia drawing against Saudi Arabia, maybe tying a game or even losing a game that they have absolutely no business in losing. Um, and Egypt kind of has that difference maker. Um, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think, uh, like I said, it'll be pretty chalk. I think Uruguay will make it out, and then um, Egypt as well. I think they're the second-best team, and they'll, they'll make it through. For sure. Um, and I think that kind of goes into Group B as well. I think that'll be pretty chalk. Um, in terms of the top two teams getting out being Spain and Portugal. For sure. Sean, I just want to hear, I'm going to make you make a pick. So you got Uruguay first and then Egypt or Russia finishing second. I'll be the contrarian. I'll go with the home team, Russia. Okay. Ooh, okay. Putin Putin just uh, threw some crypto your way, so you should be receiving that in the yeah. next two to four business days. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. So 
so yeah, that's a good that's a good transition. Um, group B uh, is extremely top heavy. Um, you have two of arguably the best six or eight teams in the entire world, and two teams that you know are good enough to make their field, but obviously not good enough to genuinely compete. Um, we'll start with the top two first. So Portugal, um, they pretty much goes go as Cristiano Ronaldo goes. Uh, he's 32, but he's still scoring at a torrid pace for Real Madrid. Um, he plays unbelievably well for Portugal, so I would not be surprised to see him have a great tournament. Um, they have Joel Moutinho and Andre Silva that can work with him up top that are great, but the real wild card for Portugal is their defender, Pepe. He is a ticking time bomb of disaster. would not be surprised to see him get a red card in one of the early games because he's insane. Uh, for Spain, they're kind of led by Andre Siniesta. Um, he's kind of the, the midfield maestro that moves everything. David De Gea is, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the entire world. Um, Sergio Ramos and Gerard Really? P yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sergio Ramos and Gerard Piquet uh, are the two uh, central defense anchors. And it's interesting because Spain only brought one true number nine, Diego Costa, and Alvaro Morata was not on the roster. So I'm interested to hear what you think about that. Um, I'll quickly go through Morocco. Their best player uh, is Nabil Derar, who plays for Fenerbahce in Turkey. Um, he um, he was on Monaco the season before. Um, and then they have another guy named Hakim Zayek, who plays for Ajax, and Younes Belhanda, who plays for Galatasaray. Um, and for Iran, uh, their best player is Sardar Azmoun. He is a 22-year-old forward, and he scored 22 goals already his international career so with that sean wow what do we think about group b do you think it's going to be chalk or do you see a team like a morocco or iran kind of sneaking in and and maybe finishing in second no <laughs> no i see it as, as i see it as very uh i mean spain or portugal one of those two i think spain and portugal could probably tie portugal seems very defensive oriented they have some momentum winning the euro cup last time their major international event. Uh, so I actually see Portugal squeaking out uh, because they tie Spain and they win on the goal differential. But wow. agree, very, very much cut and dry here. Not exciting. Uh, interested. I, I always thought as you know, a layman of the sport that Neuer was the best player in the country or in the world, not De Gea. So interested to to hear both your guys' opinions there. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah, I mean... I think I think Spain kind of has uh, you know last two showings haven't been great for them, um, and I think they're going to come back strong this year. I think they have kind of a rejuvenated uh, team as well as a bunch of veterans, as Josh was saying in in their back line with Ramos and PK, kind of that could be argued as two of the top, and then with De Gea as kind of the the back three three of the best players in the in the world, definitely um, back there in the middle. So. I think that they make it out with that. I don't. I don't really see them giving up too many goals um, in this group, even if it it would have to be from something crazy. I think from a Ronaldo standpoint. Are you Are you worried about Spain from an attacking standpoint? It seems like they have seven or eight guys who are pretty much going to play behind the ball and can kind of play tiki taka, uh, beautiful football. But I just am a little bit worried that they're only true number nine. Their only real attacking uh, option Costa. is Diego Costa. Yeah. Um, Iago Aspas started for them in the last uh, tune-up, and he's obviously a very good player, but 
you know, I kind of wonder whether when you're playing against a team where you might need to score two or three goals. And also, Sean, you make a really interesting point. If you think Portugal's going to win the group, Spain would have to probably play, not probably, would play Uruguay in the round of 16. That's not an easy match. You know, Cavani and uh, and Suarez would give the Spanish backline fits. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, Suarez does that in La Liga right now as it is. Um, I mean, does that concern you at all about Spain, the fact that they don't have a lot of goal scoring and they might, either one of those teams, if it is Spain, might be drawn with a really tough matchup in the round of 16? Yeah, I mean, I really do think they have to put emphasis on winning that because they're kind of their style. They'll be playing against guys that, you know, they'll have 10 guys behind the ball in yeah. Iran and in Morocco. Games. Definitely. So they're going to have to figure out a way to score or else they're going to be faced with playing against Uruguay, who, you know, by all means is going to just try and score as much as they can because they know they have a weak team. So they don't really want to get in a shootout. So it could be interesting. I think they're going to have a you know a strong emphasis on winning this group so they don't have to play the the winning group of Group A, the winning sure. team of Group A. Sean, so you, you see it shaking out as Portugal winning the group and Spain finishing second? That, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm going with. What do you with. think? I'm going to switch that up and say Spain will get out. I think they're kind of a, a strong team in this tournament. Um, and Portugal has kind of fallen on the footsteps of Ronaldo. Um, and I think he's going to start to show his age maybe this tournament. I think so, too. Um, I'm going to go with Nick and say I think Spain won Portugal, too. Um, my big concern for Portugal is, um, you know, was the Euros uh, lightning in a bottle? Was that their awesome tournament they won the euros kind of do they have enough talent and enough pieces in a world cup where it's not just the best teams from europe but the best teams in the entire world i really think uruguay i think they're going to play uruguay in the round of 16 i think uruguay is going to beat them um i just think uruguay is more talented across the board to be honest um and it's unfortunate because obviously ronaldo is one of the best talents in the entire world but i just don't see them progressing past that point with that, let's uh, let's move on to Group C. Uh, we'll start with the French. I'm currently wearing a 2006 Thierry Henry jersey, uh, so throwing it back uh, for one of the greatest French players uh, in the history of the game. Um, Nick and I actually watched France against the U.S. Um, yesterday, and the U.S. are going to play very similar to Australia. Um, a lot of guys behind the ball, a lot of balls over the top, um, just trying to cause fits. And France really struggled. Um, they obviously have an incredibly talented team. I mean, their midfield is is Paul Pogba, Blaise Matuidi, and Angola Conte, three of the best midfielders in the entire world. Um, Antoine Griezmann, Kylian Mbappe, and Olivier Giroud uh, will be the three guys that are going to be playing up top. I mean, those are just saying that alone is crazy. Um so they're going to be really, really great. Um, Australia, um, they're led by Mila Yedinak. Um, he is a midfielder that plays for Aston Villa. Um, they also have Aaron Moy, who I think Aaron Moy plays for Huddersfield, um, had a really, really good year. Um, they have Matty Ryan, who's their goalkeeper. They have a 19-year-old kid named Daniel Arzani, um, who I think has a chance to have a coming out party and have a, a major – uh, impact in years to come and the real wild card with with Australia one of my favorite players in the entire tournament is Tim Cahill he's 37 he's fiery he uh, he managed to latch onto a team for this year specifically so he could make the World Cup uh, he'll only be playing 10 or 15 minutes a game if he even gets in but he's one of those guys if you haven't seen his goal from the 2014 World Cup against the Dutch look it up it is fucking awesome 
Um, the other two teams in this group, Peru, um, they have a, a couple guys that play in Europe. Most of their guys play in South and Central America. Uh, Andre Carrillo plays for Watford, Jefferson Farfan for Lokomotiv Moscow, and their captain, Paulo Guerrero, who was initially suspended for traces of cocaine. We don't know whether it really was or whether it was just traces with air quotes. Uh, he will be playing, um, and, and he kind of he, he led them with six goals in qualifying. Um, so he's definitely a player to watch. And then my dark horse in this group, the team that I really like, is Denmark. Um, I'm a Tottenham fan, and I think Christian Eriksen is unbelievable for this team. Um, they also have Kasper Schmeichel, who is the goalie for Leicester. Um, and then one guy to watch, uh, not this Nick, but another Nick, turned me on to a young striker named Kasper Dolberg, who plays for Ajax. He's 20. He probably won't start, but I could see him getting in a game and scoring a late goal. So, Nick, Group C should be France, nine points, no problem. Is that going to happen, or do we think? Well, you know, we were a goal away from having the U.S. backdoor their U23 team into the World Cup. I know. Would have been awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it would have worked. Pretty much, if we won that friendly. Um, but no, yeah, I think France is going to figure it out. Um, it might be a long, grueling game for the French, uh, the first one against Australia, and just trying to break that down the puzzle. Definitely. And, and trying to, you know, put the pieces together. But I think they do break through. Australia's scrappy, too. That's exactly. not a game that I think is going to be easy. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the Denmark team is – it should be fun to watch, and I think they're going to kind of with them and Iceland kind of take on – they'll definitely be the bandwagon teams because they'll be fun to watch and get, get behind if they, they start playing well. So yeah. I definitely see France getting out of this group uh, and, and coming on the top. Uh, but I would say that Denmark definitely is the second-best team here and is moving up. For sure. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I think that France is going to get through. They'll, be, they'll lead that, uh, that group. The question is Denmark versus Peru. Peru has their star player back. Uh, the ultimate reason why I would say Denmark is just location. Uh, wow. You know, you can see it time after time. Teams that are in the same continent just perform better. Uh, so I think that that tie goes to the, the quote-unquote home team, um, and I think they're going to get through. Yeah, I completely agree with both of you. Um, I really like Denmark. Um, my brother studied in Copenhagen this past semester. I got to spend a little bit of time in Denmark. Um, great people. Just wanted to say it's totally <laughs> separate, but um, a lot of their guys play in top flight in Europe, whether it's Ericsson playing Ericsson and Schmeichel playing in the Premier League. They have a lot of guys that play in Germany, a lot of guys uh, that play in France. And, and, and I just think I like, then they have more talent. I think they're more talented than Peru and Australia for sure. Um, I have absolutely no idea how Peru was ranked like sixth or seventh in the FIFA rankings. I don't think, they're particularly good. They're obviously a more collective unit, um, but I really like the way that the Danes play. Um, Nick, my question for you regarding France is, is this team talented enough to win the whole thing? With the French, you either kind of get one of two things. You get teams that make semifinal and final runs, or you get a team like in 2010 in South Africa where the team literally quit after two games. Um, the coach pretty much had absolutely no control of the locker room. You have a ton of talent. Um, and I'm sure that they're going to be frustrated knowing that their World Cup tune-up, they tied a U23 U.S. team at home. Yeah, uh, Is that concerning I'm, you? I mean, it's definitely concerning. And I think what's even worse is 
now the media is not behind them. Mm. It's almost like they're already turned on them and they haven't even set foot in Russia. And yet. the French media is tough. Exactly. Really, really very, tough very, very tough on the team. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think after the first game uh, against Australia, if they can, you know, score a couple goals and and kind of give the fans a a good showing, I think the the pressure is kind of taken off them a little bit, and they'll they'll play well. But if they struggle against Australia and it's a scrappy game, we're going to be able to see early on if France has what it takes to kind of go deep in the World Cup. For I think. sure, and that comes you know out of their defense and out of starting with uh, you know Hugo Lloris. And him kind of getting back into good form after kind of struggling towards the end of the year and giving up a couple weak goals in the, in the Champions League. And, and he gave up a weak goal yesterday. Weak in the goal yesterday, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, he is capable of being a world-class goalie. 100%. And can definitely, they can ride him all the way through. Yeah. Um, but I think it all starts with kind of that first game and scoring a couple goals. You know, having Mbappe score, having Griezmann score. Yeah. Even Pogba, get him going. Um, definitely. I think that's kind of what it'll what it'll happen. Yeah, and it should shake out pretty well from there. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the French should they, they should get nine points in this group. I'd be shocked if they yeah. didn't. If they got seven, maybe they they drew Denmark, but I don't see um, anything. I think we all agree France first, Denmark second, um, which is really important because most likely the winner of Group D will be Argentina. Um, we don't know for sure. Um, they don't have their starting goalkeeper. Sergio Romero is out, but obviously they have, you could argue, 1A, 1B with Cristiano Ronaldo, the best player in the entire world, Leo Messi. Uh, he turns 31 during the tournament, um, but they also have a remarkably talented forward group with him. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, who plays for Juventus, Angel Di Maria, and Paulo Dybala will all kind of be helping and flanking with Messi. Um, and their starting goalkeeper will be Willie Caballero, who played... Did you say Aguero, too? I think I missed Aguero. Sergio Aguero, who you could argue is the second most talented behind Messi, who plays yeah. for Manchester City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the Argentina team for Iceland. Um, I'm really curious to hear kind of what your guys' experience was watching Iceland play live, because I've heard it's incredible. Um, their two main guys, I would say, are Gilfie Sigurdsson and Aaron Gunnarsson, uh, both guys who ply their trade in the Premier League. Um, I personally love the, the idea of Iceland. There are 330,000 people. They're like a small U.S. city. Um, they're really gritty. They play really well together. Um, I think they made it to the quarterfinals in the Euros. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how they play. Um, another team in the group is Croatia. Um, interestingly, Croatia and Iceland played twice in qualifying, um, each team winning in their home country. Um, Croatia is led by Luka Modric. He's one of the best players in the entire world. Um, and they have an attacking option like Mario Mandzukic, who's also awesome. Um, they have a lot of really great players. Um, and the fourth team is Nigeria, who are super attacking focused. Uh, John Obi Mikel, who's played at Chelsea for a while, um, he's their, their leader. Um, but they also have Alex Awobi, Kalechi Iannaccio, and Victor Moses, who I think all also play in the mm -hmm. Premier League. Um, so clearly, tremendous amount of talent for Nigeria as well. Um, Sean, you asked before a little bit about who the best team in Africa in this tournament is. My money is on Nigeria. Um, so I'll ask you, who do you like in this group? Who do you think gets out of the group? Um, and, and what do you think about Nigeria? Yeah, I, uh, I hope, I mean, 
I think this is an interesting group just because all four countries are fun to kind of root for, Definitely. cheer for. And they're all good. There are a lot of groups I, where some countries sure. are okay, but all these teams in this group are extremely talented. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've always, for some reason, rooted for both Asian and African countries. Just kind of like they seem like they're typically the underdog. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I do not see uh, Nigeria making it. I would also have loved to see Iceland. Uh, I don't see them making it either. I think that uh, Croatia is too strong. I think Croatia is going to nab that number two spot and Argentina is going to take the first spot. But the midfield of Croatia just seems world class. Uh, Iceland was amazing to watch. It was great to see. Uh, but I don't think the little, the little engine that could will, will do it here. Wow. Okay. Uh, Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this uh, could be argued as the group of death almost yeah, at this World Cup. Totally. I'd say this one or the next group um, with Brazil. Um, so I think that the the winner out of this group, which I, I do think it'll be Argentina, is going to be the best prepared in terms of playing different types of teams because they'll play a Nigeria team that's all attack. Um, and then they'll play an Iceland team that kind of is a big counterattacking team. Definitely. Um, and kind of sits back and, and wait to take their opportunities. And then Croatia is kind of somewhere in between where they do have world-class players that can kind of score goals on their own and manufacture them. Um, but at the same time, the wheels can come off Croatia pretty quickly um, and they can kind of have breakdowns in the middle of games. So 100%. I think it's, it is an interesting group where they all kind of bring different types of soccer. Totally different, yeah. Um, which, which I think obviously this is why this is the best group to watch for the actual uh, just round-robin games. No doubt. Um yeah, the couple guys that I missed in Croatia's midfield, by the way, Mateo Kovacic, who plays for Real Madrid, and uh, Ivan Rakitic, who uh, plays Barcelona. So they are chock full of talent. Um, so who do you like coming out? So you like Argentina first, and who do you see finishing second? I, I really would like to see Nigeria yeah. finish second, second, but I, I would have to agree with Sean where I think Croatia does kind of get over the hump at this World Cup and, and make it into the knockout stage and see what they can do with that. For sure. I am going to go with Iceland. Um, I, I think Croatia is extremely talented, but there's just something about the Icelandic cohesive unit. Um, I think that the fans traveling there are going to be absolutely incredible. Um, I just think that the, the Icelandic team plays with the resolve. They all play with each other all the time. You know, in Iceland, there aren't 60 or 70 different guys on a national team you can rotate through. There are 20 or 23 guys that they're bringing have been playing with each other since they were 12 or something. You know, they, it's not a big country. Um, I just like the way they play. Um, I think Gilfie Sigurdsson is due for an awesome tournament. Um, I don't know. I, I see them finishing second. Um, really interesting, though, with this group for Argentina to win the group because, as we mentioned in Group C, second place will either be most likely Australia, Peru, or Denmark. Um, that should be, and obviously should be, a cakewalk to Argentina for the quarterfinals if they're able to win their group. I would argue that... Every team that they're playing in the group stage is better than their quarter, their round of 16 opponent that they would play if absolutely. they win the group. Do you I think? agree with that. Yeah. Yes. So that's an absolutely major. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Iceland, Nigeria, and Croatia, as Nick said, all do completely different things, but that'll be a great test. Um, do you think Argentina's good enough to win the whole thing and make a run? Or I think they have kind of problems in the midfield. Um, but but they definitely have the the ability to score score enough goals to to compete with anyone for um, sure. But I also do think they they could have a tough draw playing Uruguay in the quarterfinals if if Uruguay makes it through. 
No, they or would that not. Is that not? It would be Spain. It would be Spain, <laughs> which is even which harder. Could be even tougher. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's my only concern. Is I like I like Argentina. I think Messi's unbelievably talented, but Messi's played in the Premier League. Sorry, in La Liga, and the La Liga defenders and guys in Spain yeah. know how he plays and know how he operates. Exactly. I think that would be a brutally tough challenge. Um, I'm also a little bit concerned about the goalkeeping. Um, Willy Caballero is not the traditional kind of move around and play with the ball, his speed, Argentinian goalkeeper that they're used to. He's a little bit older. Um, so I wonder whether that could potentially be a struggle or a concern. So I'm going to go with Argentina and Iceland. My other two guys that are smarter than me are going to go with Argentina and Croatia. So with that, we will move on to Group E. Um, another really fascinating group. I wouldn't say necessarily as talented top to bottom, um, but just a very different kind of group led by Brazil. Um, Brazil is obviously one of the most, if not the most talented team in the entire field. Um, just their attacking options alone, Neymar, uh, who plays at PSG, Philippe Coutinho, who plays for Liverpool, uh, Gabriel Jesus, who plays for Manchester City, and Douglas Costa, who plays for Juventus. That Coutinho is Barcelona. See Barcelona? Oh, he played for Liverpool earlier in the yeah. year. See, I can't keep up. Um, they're there, chock full of attacking options. Uh, Switzerland, uh, they have uh, Birami, uh, Licksteiner, their defender, Granit Xhaka, and, uh, and Shakiri. Um, so they're, they're also really, really talented. Um, Costa Rica, who had a surprise uh, quarterfinal appearance in the last World Cup. Um, really talented, but really defensive-minded. They're going to play five at the back. Um, Kaylor Navas was unquestionably one of, if not the biggest, um, breakthrough in the 2014 World Cup. His play was incredible, and without him, uh, Costa Rica doesn't make it nearly as far. Um, they also have Celso Borges, who plays in the midfield. Um, and they're two guys up top they're likely to play are Brian Ruiz and Joel Campbell, who, Nicky, despite being at Arsenal, what feels like for forever, even though he got transferred, yeah. is only somehow 25. So Joel Campbell's got a career ahead of him. Um, and then the last team is Serbia. Um, Serbia is kind of an interesting team. Um, they don't have a ton of attacking options, but they have uh, Ivanovic. Uh, there's a 23-year-old named Milinkovic Savic um, that people are thinking is going to be the next big thing. Um, and they also have Dusan Tadic as well. Uh, and and Nemanja Matic, who plays at Manchester United. Exactly. Um, so, Sean, we'll start with you. Between these four, who do you like? What do you think? Uh, go for it. I actually like Switzerland a lot. They've been playing really well up up into the tournament. And I, I may eat crow for this, but I think that those teams that are closer to Russia are going to perform better. I actually have them slated number one uh, to act to edge out Brazil in the group stages. So Switzerland wow. one, Brazil two. Can I can I ask you, as someone that's extremely confident in Switzerland, what is it about their play specifically that really excites you? I kind of think they have a similar aspect to Iceland, where there is a strong sense of cohesion. Uh, again, as a layman in, in, in soccer, I remember distinctly when Switzerland and Brazil and Spain tied in either the Euro Cup or the World Cup, 0-0. And from there, I've always been kind of a fan of the team, the combination of, of people. Well, saying that, uh, I like momentum in all sports, and I think that this is no exception. Combine that with a team-focused and cohesive unit. Don't have to travel too far. That's That's the justification. For sure. 
Nikki? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Brazil gets out of this one fairly easy. Um, I think their, their biggest thing is hopefully no injuries um, in the, as they try to, you know, make a run at winning World Cup. Um, I, I do like Switzerland as well, Sean, simply for the fact that they have Granit Xhaka, who is my kind of, I'm a, I'm a fanboy, he's a gunner, he kind of plays soccer the way I love to see soccer players go, he's going all out 100%, he's going to get a yellow, he's going to hopefully not get a red, um, and he's going to shoot the ball from 35 yards out as all the fans on Switzerland tell him to shoot, um, so with him and Inler uh, in the middle, I think that they, they do have a rock solid midfield, um, yeah, We'll just be able to see if they can actually produce goals besides him trying to score these these wonder strikes. I totally agree. I feel like you have to go for it. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think you're totally right. Um, I, I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on Switzerland. I think that they think that Switzerland. Um, I don't know. They're kind of an afterthought in the group. It's like Brazil and everybody else, but Switzerland only lost one game in qualifying to Portugal. Um, and they had to play their way in a uh, in a playoff to make it. Um, but their guys are playing in in top level leagues in Italy and Germany. Um, they have a couple guys that play in the Premier League, so I, I think they're really really good. Um, I think that they're really under the radar. I do worry a little bit um, about them finding a top striker, uh, some guy that can really uh, score the ball for them consistently. I don't know who that's going to be. Um, but you know, I, I think they're extremely solid. Um, yeah. And Brazil, you know, it, it's a question of what, uh, how motivated are they? Because they have the talent. Um, there were some other guys that we didn't even mention, you know, Marcelo is incredible. Um, Danny Alves, unfortunately is hurt, but he's, he's great. Um, there are two goalkeeping options or were the starter at Roma, who's Allison, who's been tipped to play, uh, or Ederson, who was the starter at Manchester city all year. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think Brazil's going to win the group. I think Switzerland's going to go second. Um, so I think that'll be really, really fascinating. Um, that'll be really wild to see who comes out on top because Group F, as we, as I expect, should be dominated by Germany. Uh, the Germans in uh, in the World Cup have kind of just become uh, a machine. They are absolutely incredible. Um, they have a ton of guys to play for Bayern Munich. Uh, three of their four starting defenders more than likely are going to be a are a Bayern. Manuel Neuer, they're starting goalkeepers at Bayern. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a concern about the attack. Uh, Mario Gomez is 32. Uh, is Thomas Muller going to play up top? That's kind of a question that, that we don't really know about. Um, the one guy that's been tipped that people think is going to be really good in this World Cup uh, is Timo Werner. Uh, he has 14, he's eight goals and 14 appearances, which is a really, really good rate. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there with Germany. Um, for Mexico, uh, Nikki and I, I'm sure we've both watched a lot of Mexico over the years, you know, with good results against the U.S. and bad results against the U.S. Um, they're led at the back by Memo Ochoa, uh, who's awesome, who's a really great goalkeeper. Uh, their captain, Andres, Andres Guardado, uh, he's played 145 times for the Mexican team. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, um, who's playing in Europe for a while, is now playing for the LA Galaxy. He's an absolute rock star for that team. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see, too, uh, Chicharito. Um, you know, he, he kind of goes in spurts. We'll have some awesome seasons and score a ton of goals. Um, he usually plays really well for the national team, so I'm excited to see how he does. Um, and then the other two teams in the group, the one is South Korea. Um, they have a lot of guys that play in Korea and in Japan, um, but the few guys that do play in Europe, 
Uh, they're led by Sun Kyung Min, who plays for my beloved Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, he's awesome. He is an absolute game changer, um, and he could he could probably have two or three goals in the group stage. Um, the other guy they have is Ki Sung Young, who's their captain. Probably pronounced that wrong, so apologies. Uh, and he plays for Swansea. And the final team in the group is Sweden. Um, the biggest deal with Sweden, obviously, is it's Laton, who is in decent form. It was ultimately not picked uh, for the national team. Um, they have guys like Sebastian Larsson and uh, Emil Forsberg, who are really good. Um, the Swedes are not the most talented team. They had to uh, squeak their way through uh, in a playoff, in a two-legged playoff, to make it. Um, but I think that they felt like not having Zlatan and keeping the collective unit was more important than having arguably the biggest distraction in world football on their team. Uh, Sean, who do you like in this group? Do you think it, it, it's kind of obvious and top heavy or, or what are you leaning towards? Yeah, it seems pretty top heavy. I mean, Germany's my team to win it all. I think number two will be Mexico. They will be Zatenless Sweden. Some people are saying that it's a better move for pursued and me playing more than a team, more as a team than just using Zlatan as a crutch. But ultimately, I think that Mexico will be, Mexico will be one of the few teams that actually uh, gets in that is on the edge uh, from South America or Central America. Nikki, yeah, I, I think that Germany bree- breezes through this one very easily. Yeah, um, and kind of shows their their might. Um, again, on the world, because I feel like people have definitely been sleeping on them um, in terms of how actually strong they are as a unit. Um, just because I kind of think that as Bayern goes, they go, as you were saying. Um, and yeah. I feel like people have definitely been thinking that the run of Bayern is going to kind of come to an end hasn't on, yet. Inter- on an international <laughs> stage. Um, it hasn't yet, but I think that it definitely seems like it's kind of breaking down a little bit. Um and then again, I, I, I'm cheering for Mexico, I guess, cheer for CONCACAF yeah. um, and, and hope they do well. I don't really know too much about non-Zlatan Sweden sure. um, and, you know, Korea. Obviously, I only know the, the Tottenham Spur you, you, you referenced. Um, yeah. so, they, they, they rely on him a lot. Yeah, so, exactly. Son is, is their guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Germany's on that one. And then Mexico kind of falls in somewhere around either, you know, Six points, or or maybe if they have a shocker and, and tie one of the games and get in with four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys. Um, I think that Germany uh, is extremely talented. Um, there have been a lot of questions and concerns. Again, like, does Germany have an elite striker? Who are they going to get the ball to? Um, they're just so good in the midfield and defensively that – if I'm a, if I'm a German fan, I'm really just not worried about that. Um, I, I just think that there's enough talent. Um, Mexico, I, I I totally agree with you guys too. Um, in recent years, they've uh, they've had more and more guys going to Europe. I think that's been really beneficial for them. Um, I think their near World Cup scare in 2014, where they almost missed it, kind of really helped revitalize and change uh, the way that the Mexican national team has been run. Um, They have a lot of really awesome players that play in Spain. Um, Obviously, Chicharito uh, is is the guy that I think is arguably the most important guy for them. Um, Unfortunately for Mexico, if Brazil goes on and wins their group, that would be their round of 16 opponent. Um, That would be really unfortunate for Mexico or for Germany. It would be absolutely insane if we had a Brazil-Germany round of 16 matchup. I don't see that happening. Um, And with that, we'll go on to Group G. 
so Lindsay is led and highlighted by Belgium. Um, we've been told probably over the last 10 years or five, maybe seven years, that this is the golden generation for Belgium. Um, they've never quite had a team as talented, as cohesive. Um, most of the guys are in their mid to late 20s. Um, they're led at the back by Thibaut Courtois, who plays for Chelsea. Uh, their defenders are Toby Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen of Tottenham and Vincent Kompany of Man City. Uh, in the midfield, they have one of the most talented players in the entire world in Eden Hazard. And up top, they have the absolute stud in Romelu Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku is uh, a complete beast for them. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see um, how he does. Um, the second team in this group is England. Um, England has all 20. Premier League. Um, they're going to be led at the back by Jordan Pickford, who only has three caps. Um, they don't really have much of stars in defense or midfield. Um, up top, I, I think they're pretty much led by Deli Alley and uh, Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane. Um, I think for England to do well, Kane needs to have a really, really good World Cup. Um, and then if we're talking about top heavy, boy, is, is, is this the group for you? Uh, Panama, who somehow managed to make it to the World Cup because the U.S. completely shit the bed. Uh, they'll be in. Um, they have a lot of veterans. Jaime Pinedo is 36. He's their goalkeeper. He'll be starting. Um, you also might recognize the name uh, Roman Torres. He is a defender for the Seattle Sounders. He's one of their most important players, a guy that plays in MLS. So I, I might be going to get started about the U.S. not making it. Um, and then the final team is Tunisia. Um, Tunisia has, uh, some guys that play in France, some guys that play in, uh, Saudi Arabia and in Egypt. Um, they don't have, um, any absolute star talent. Uh, they're captained by Ayman Maluthi, who is a goalkeeper and he's 33. Um, they're pretty young. They're pretty inexperienced. Um, I'm going to be honest. I haven't really watched them play at all. So I know nothing about Tunisia. I know a little bit more about Panama. Nikki, is this chalk? Do we think that this group is pretty much just going to be chalk and no problem? I would have to uh, say yes. I think it'd be kind of fun to see England kind of make it, make it a group and, and kind of see <laughs> see what happens if they can kind of push Belgium. Um, are they in the last game in that matchup? Are they playing? I, I don't know. I believe um, they are. Um, I can look right now. But, but yeah, Belgium's scary. I, I really like the way Belgium plays. I think they've un underperformed, and it, this is the golden age for them. Um, so I'm really hoping, you know, this is my team, and this is the one that I think this they could they could make a run in this this World Cup. So I think they cruise in this. Um, they get past England, and they come out on top, and then England shortly behind with six points. Is there anything that concerns you about Belgium, though? Are there any areas on the field where maybe they're a little bit weak? Or is there a thing that, you know, they made it to the quarterfinals last time? Um, they bowed out there. They, they've, they've never made it further in a World Cup than the quarterfinals. Um, obviously, they have club experience. They have a decent amount of international experience. But there's nothing particularly that bothers you about Belgium that you think that maybe there's a red flag. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that they do have that idea where they're a team that has underperformed. Um, as of late, and I think that until they, you know, have a quality win, whether that 
that comes uh, against England or if people don't think that that would be quality. Um, I think that that will be kind of what sets them up off if, if they can get over the hump and make it past the quarterfinals and into sure. the semis um, because they definitely have the talent. It's just kind of like the mental strength. For sure. Um, and they have, you know, all these guys that, you know, have started winning in their domestic leagues. And maybe that kind of gives them, you know, the idea that they can they can do internationally at a big, big stage event. Definitely. Sean, what, what do you think about this group? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be chalk. It's going to be Belgium followed by England. I think both of these teams are similar in the sense that they underperformed in the last decade, right? I mean, Belgium has been kind of since the team of destiny, the golden generation, but it's it's kind of now or never for them. Uh, I remember everyone was talking about how young they were across the board, but still so talented. But you know, now that youth is uh, in the rest of their careers. So if they got to do anything, it's going to be now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they have not historically been a, a powerhouse kind of country. Uh, in international stages, right? No, Belgium's never made it past the quarterfinals in a World Cup. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, now or never for them. I'm going to be for them to, you know, go kind of far. England has also underperformed woefully. I love seeing them lose. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, wait. Belgium, Belgium, finished, kind of a... Belgium finished in fourth in 1986. But they're still that, that – okay. they're, they're not a power, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love seeing England lose, to be honest. Just it's a, it's a pastime of mine. Uh, so I do, ex- I do expect them to make it into the, into the elimination stages, and that seems predicated upon their youth. Sounds like they got a, get a lot of young guys kind of churning through, uh, and because of that, I, I see them to go through in a pretty weak class. Yeah, no, that's a really great point about England. Nick, I, I kind of wanted to ask you about this. Obviously, you have 23 guys that play in the Premier League. Um, they have immense talent. Um, they're extremely young, extremely youthful. Uh, Gary Cahill is the only guy on the roster that has more than 40 caps, um, and he only has 60. Um, everyone else is young. Uh uh, Gary Cahill's 32, Vardy is 31, but I think everybody else on the squad is in their 20s. Is that a concern? I mean, England usually have veterans. You're used to seeing Wayne Rooney. You're used to seeing Joe Hart. You're used to seeing a guy like Rio Ferdinand when he was in his prime that would just be staples of England. They don't have that. Is that a huge concern in this tournament, or do you think their youth and their inexperience could actually be a good thing? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it as a positive because – the past hasn't worked for England. Sure. Um, so, you know, having those those guys that maybe passed their prime, but they're playing for their country, um, that isn't that isn't at this World Cup. You know, they, they are full of young, talented guys um, that are dominating the Premier League. So um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of come together and um, and kind of form form a unity where it seems like the as of uh, years past, it's almost like the rivalries in the Premier League kind of hindered the national team from ever performing because it's like these guys were such hardened, uh, you know, club team players that they couldn't actually get along with one another when it came down to coming to camp. And it seems like these guys kind of came up together more in the, you know, in the national system and uh, could put it together. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that the unity for England um, is going to be an absolutely huge thing. Um, I think another huge thing is the fact that if they win or finish second, whoever they'll play in Group H 
they should be favored to win. Um, we'll start with Colombia. Um, they're arguably uh, one of the most talented teams in the entire World Cup. Um, they're led at the back by David Ospina, um, who splits time at Arsenal. Um, Davison Sanchez, who uh, is a center back for Tottenham. Uh, he's kind of uh, their, their youthful exuberance back there. Um, but the guys kind of in the midfield and up top are really the guys that I'm excited about for Colombia. Uh, you can't talk about them without mentioning James Rodriguez, Juan Cuadrado, and of course, Radamel Falcao. Um, all three are, are playing awesome football. Um, Falcao's 32, Cuadrado's 30, and James is 26. So this is kind of like a, a big time for Colombia. Um, a lot of their really good players are kind of getting up there in age. Um, the second team in this group is Japan. Um, there are some absolutely awesome names on this list. Uh, if you're a soccer fan, uh, Shinji Okazaki, who helped Leicester to, uh, to win the World Cup, uh, he definitely is here. Uh, Kaisuke Honda, uh, who plays in the midfield, who now plays for Pachuca, but played in Europe for a while. Um, and uh, Hasebe, uh, their captain, who's 34 uh, has played 110 times for the national team uh, and plays over for Frankfurt. Um, the third team in this group is Poland. Um, I think Poland is immensely talented. I, I still don't know why they haven't quite made the same level of a leap as some other teams. Um, they have two awesome goalkeepers. I think Chesney is probably going to be the starter uh, in Russia, but also Lukas Fabianski is great. Um, both guys play it. Uh, sorry, Fabianski plays in the Premier League. Chesney did. Um, and, and then in the midfield, um, they have guys like Jacob Lashikovsky, um, Kristoviak, um, but Belgium, sorry, Poland is very much like Denmark, where as one guy goes, they go. That man is Robert Lewandowski. He has been awesome for Bayern. He's been awesome for them. He has 53 goals in 94 appearances for Poland. Um, he's the talisman, he's the guy. Um, and the last team, another really awesome attacking-minded team is Senegal. Um, a lot of their defenders and uh, play in, in lower level leagues, but uh, their attacking talent is, uh, is really awesome. Uh, Chekuyate plays for West Ham. Uh, Mama Biram Durat Duf plays for, Liverpool, uh, plays for Stoke City. Uh, Czech Enjoy plays for Birmingham City. Um, Badu Enjai plays for Stoke, and of course, we'd be remiss not to mention Sadio Mane, who was the runner-up for Liverpool this season. Um, this this group is wild. Um, I can see any of the four teams winning. I can see any of the four teams finishing in third or fourth. Nick, who do you like, and who do you see winning, and who do you see finishing in second? Because it's kind of a crapshoot down here. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to your last name, I think whoever comes out as the second best team in group G is going to be automatically favored against the winner from this group. Probably. Um, just because, you know, no one really knows how those teams are going to play. Sure. I think Columbia definitely has the best uh, skill in terms of their players. Yeah. Um, and, and having world-class experience and then shortly followed by Poland. Um, but what is cool is that there are kind of, every team kind of has a guy on it that can, that can win them, go out and win them a game. You totally. know, you have Mane, you have Lewandowski, you have, you know, I don't know, I guess a combination of guys on Columbia. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, this, this should be an interesting one. Um, I do see Columbia coming out on top. And then I do, uh, 
have Poland as well as the second best team, um, which should be a fun game for whoever, uh, I guess, the winner of that coming out and playing the group Group G second place. Big time. Sean, what do you think? All right, I guess Sean isn't here. Um, yeah, I mean, so the one thing, oh, there he's back. He came back. I was just trying to keep the acoustics nice. Uh, so sorry, I was as I was saying, I am long Poland. I'm I'm thinking Poland's actually going to win the group. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, Chicago is a big Polish community. We'll be cheering loudly. They'll hear it. They'll, it'll, you know, the louder you cheer, the better your team does. So um, Poland's going to be my team, not just because of Lewandowski, but their entire midfield is very strong. Also seems like they're, you know, top to bottom, they are a solid, solid team. Uh, second, I have Colombia making it. Uh, again, I wish I always kind of root for the Indian or sorry for the African and the uh, Asian teams. I hope India sometime gets in the play in the World Cup. I highly doubt that will ever happen in my lifetime. But um, fortunately, I don't see Senegal making it. I think that they would be they're the third best team, and then Japan seems a little bit weaker. Um, but I guess with Mane, there's always a chance. But I, I see uh, Poland first, Colombia second. Nice. Yeah, um, I mean, I have both of those teams going through too, but in reverse order. Um, there's just something about Colombia, the way that they've played on the world stage in uh, in 2014. I know it was in South America. Um, they were awesome. Um, it was kind of a coming out party for James. Uh, he was 22 in that tournament, and man, he, he set the world ablaze. It, go look up that James goal from 2014, that volley. Um, so I, I really, really like um what colombia does um and yeah again i think people are sleeping on poland um i think they're extremely talented and you know nick made a really good point that each of these teams kind of has a guy in the group um colombia with probably james poland with lewandowski and senegal with sadio mane that can really kind of just take over a game um in different ways but i think poland um, will absolutely find a way to make it through um Unfortunately, I don't see them, if they do make it second, I don't see them giving Belgium much of a game. Um, but, man, if we get Colombia-England in the round of 16, um, that would be awesome. I think there are going to be a bunch of England fans that would be absolutely shitting themselves to play Hamas and Quadrado in the round of 16. Um, yeah, so I think that pretty much covers it. Sean, is there anything, any big questions that we missed uh, that you wanted to talk about? I guess I guess we'll, let's do one big question and then a quick fire round if you boys are up for it. Go for it. Because I know we are running up on time. Quick, okay, big question. Who's going to win this thing? Man, I, I want to do this now, and then I also want to revisit this at the end of the group stage because I think yeah, I think we have different answers. Nikki, we'll start with you. I mean, I put a bet on um, Belgium to win this all 12-1 to odds sometime in December, so – I don't know what my mind was doing, but I took it at 12 to 1. They're up to, I think, 9 to 1 now. So, you know, get it while it's hot. I really do think this is somehow they're going to they're gonna get together and actually perform and play up to their kind of skill um, and set the world ablaze. I think they're going to come out the red devil. I think they're going to score a lot of goals. Yeah. And they really are going to live up to it. And, and I – I hope I don't eat my words next week as they stumble into playing Poland 
and right. lose on a Robert Lewandowski Patrick or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I really do see them kind of working their way through getting past Brazil in the quarterfinals um, and kind of getting all the way to the final. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I, I was kind of going back and forth between Spain and France. Um, I think those are two of the most talented teams in the entire tournament. Um, I love the midfield play. I love the defensive play. For me, uh, it's Spain. That That's kind of the team I'm going for. Um, I love the way they defend. I love the way they move the ball. Um, this feels like a really veteran squad. I mentioned before I'm a little bit worried about the attacking. Uh, Diego Costa's good. You, even you could say very good, but is he world-class like Kane, like Lewandowski, like Mane? I would say probably not. Um but I, I also think when you have the best goalkeeper in the tournament, that gives you a shot in any game you go into. And to me, De Gea, uh, I, I know he mentioned he was having trouble getting used to the ball. Maybe that's a little bit of a concern, but he's the number one. He is the best goalkeeper in the world right now. And I think he can take Spain all the way to the, to the championship. Sean? To the promised land. I'm going with Germany. I think that they are – so consistent, play as a team incredibly well. It seems like their manager, I think he's one of the longer tenured managers for an international team, if I'm not mistaken, and he's been successful there. Yeah. So I like Germany to win. Uh, Follow-up question, quick start of the quickfire round. If you guys remember, I want to say it was the Euro Cup when Russia and England played. There was some fighting after. You know, there, the Russian fans were throwing hammers at the English fans, and that's never good when, when that happens. Do we see unrest in Russia? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Putin, Putin's probably got some guys listening to this, so careful what you say. But uh, absolutely. R- Russia's fucking lawless right now. Um, it, it's completely insane. Um, people are really fearful of the current regime, both politically, um, in terms of a safety standpoint. Um, yeah. There was unrest in Brazil. Um, I, I think, I hope it doesn't come to the point where you see explosions and things overshadowing the tournament. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I talked to people and I was like, if the U.S. made it, I was considering going to Russia. And they said, you would have been crazy. Um, I think it'll be dangerous. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I think it's a legit concern. So I, I hope, like I said, I hope it doesn't overshadow. But, you know, we'll see what happens. What are you thinking? I, yeah, there's got to be something. I also, it also sounds like the folks who are particularly passionate about Russian soccer also are the right wingers and have been absolutely disgusting towards folks from Africa or African descent. Uh, so I think that there's certainly going to be some sort of unrest, but to your point, I hope it does not overshadow uh, the games themselves. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, how um how the first four days of the world cup go um we'll absolutely talk about all the action um on sunday i'm also really interested to talk about the upcoming nba draft um what we're hearing about our guy mo um if there's any shot that maybe guys like mar or duncan robinson could uh find their way maybe not being drafted but maybe potentially making a summer league team um, and I'm sure there are going to be some other news and notes um, that we'll get to hit on. Sean, is there anything we missed in the world of Michigan sports that we should know about? 
Yeah, of course. I mean, we got a, we had a national champion crowd between now and uh, when we last chatted. So Ben Flanagan won the 10K. He, uh, as MGO blog, very uh, incredulously posted, he did not vomit after the race. Instead, his first words were, where's mom? So uh, that was now a viral hit. So even for us non-Michigan sports fans, we should be aware of, uh, of Mr. Ben Flanagan, the That's newest cool. uh, national champion. Second thing is one of our uh, – one of our, and I'll make this quick because I know we got to run. One of our viewers commented on our Twitter last week and said that she does think that there was someone who uh, did not live up to his potential in a John Beeline recruiting class, and that was Zach Irvin. Wow. And I completely agree with her. Wow. You agree? Yeah, Mr. Basketball of Indiana played hero ball for three and three quarter seasons and then had a nice postseason. But, uh, you know, he, he finished his career on the, on a strong note, but I did not think that he was a Mr. Basketball Indiana caliber player when we saw him. I kind of agree. Um, you know, if you're Mr. Basketball in Indiana, you'd expect to have a more consistent career. Urban was kind of up and down a little bit. Um, he really didn't even look for his shot toward the end of his senior season when he was kind of supposed to be rolling. Um, you'd think a guy like that shouldn't have a shot at making the league. He yeah. really hasn't come close to he making win, the league. He did win a title in uh, Dominican Republic. Dominican is that Republic, where it was? I so, believe. Yeah, so he is, you know, another <laughs> champion. Yeah, Mo- champion Mo- otherwise podcast. Mo- Mo- <laughs> for Zach Irvin. Yeah, cha- champion of the. Uh, I love OSA. to hate on Zach Irvin, but I will say he he did he was dealt some tough cards in terms of having some injuries around his team where he had to end up taking the bulk share of possession. That's a great point. And, uh, yeah, his he did kind of get screwed by that where he was uh, put in yeah. forced into a tough situation. But For sure. but yeah, I mean, I love the critique. I love I love the fans, and I'd love to. Uh, yeah, smart audience, smart smart fans. Yeah, thank smart you, fans. fans. Yeah, thank it. you. We appreciate it. Whoever you are. And diverse, right? I mean, yeah, leave, leave, sports podcast by three guys, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so with that, um, please gamble responsibly, enjoy the hell out of the World Cup. Um, Thursday is a light day, but Friday, really try to avoid work at all costs. It's not worth it. Um, we'll be, we'll be back next week to talk more shenanigans. We'll talk gambling, we'll talk early World Cup results. Uh, I'm sure France will probably shit the bed between now and when we talk again. Uh, signing off for Josh Stern, Nick Margolis, and Sean Saint. Hopefully we have enough money to fund this podcast come Sunday. Enjoy your week. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own that motherfucker, figure it out, this shit is simple My stock been going up like a crescendo A bunch of handshakes from the fakes But nigga, I do not wanna be friends